0: Welcome to the Bread and Cup Podcast, hosted by Corey and Shauna Burris. They are a former pastor, a college teacher, and Pacific Northwest coffee lovers. Mostly, they are Jesus followers who find themselves in lots of interesting conversations with non-Christians, former Christians, wondering Christians, and young adults from all kinds of backgrounds. And we want to invite you into those conversations. The Bread and Cup Podcast is a place for real talk about the Bible, life, and what it takes to move beyond the easy answers. So let's grab a cup and join the conversation. Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast. I'm Corey, and I'm Shauna, and today we are while well, we're drinking various things. Corey's got his ubiquitous iced tea, unsweetened.
1: Well, well, it's an evening, so it's like a nighttime recording, which is a little weird. Yeah, for we've us.
0: been doing more of those, so f- less coffee drinking. Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
1: and then and then I'm drinking, or we're eating these.
0: Knäckebröd. Yeah, that's
1: what they're called. They're they're like little crackers. From Costco or from IKEA, yeah. the little round crackers that you and put they, a little butter on,
0: mm-hmm. and it's really good with the IKEA jam and or Havarti and jam.
1: Yes, I'm going to refrain so from actually eating them while we're recording because it'd just be me crunching here. So I'm going to yeah. not do that. But
0: that sounds good. That is the snack solid of, choice.
1: Snack of the day.
0: Snack of the day.
1: <laughs> du jour, if you will. <laughs> snack du jour.
0: All I can think of when you say that is the um, Jim Carrey yeah. from Dumb and Dumber. What's the soup du jour? The huh. soup of the day. Sounds good. I'll um. have one of those. <laughs> Yikes.
1: Um, but this week we are um, going to continue our uh, with some discussions that we've been having with people around um, worship because her um, life as it is now, right? A lot of us are not going to church. A lot of us are not going into or at least into a church building right we're experiencing a different form of um, the worship experience mm-hmm. if you will and we were talking with some friends the other day and one of the things that we asked them of, of like well what is so difficult for you about having this like online experience with church and they said worship worship is like that hard thing it just doesn't feel the same as when you're you're in, in a building together yeah. in community. Now, our church actually does great in terms of worship, our uh, great quality, the musicianship is great. Yeah. Um, and then so we pressed in a little bit after that question with them and just said, well, why? Why does it not feel the same? It's the same thing that it's presented on a Sunday morning. Yeah. It's presented through an online experience. Why is it, why is it different? Yeah, and so um, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, the the historical elements of what is worship and what does the Bible mean when it says worship. Yeah, because you and I are very different in terms of worship, <laughs> both of, on how we express ourselves, but also um,
0: when we've both changed quite a lot compared to how we were taught to express ourselves right. through, especially what I would say our formative junior high, high school years, and even into our early college years when we right. became a couple. Um,
1: but there's some there's some foundational things that we we had and experienced that are still true but we didn't understand why and so i wanted to, i think exploring that a little yeah. bit is is going to be important in our conversation
0: so let's start with maybe i think we've this has become a bit of a pattern for us the uh the let's start with what it's not or At least with the definition of what we're going to talk about, it seems to be kind of what we do. So let's start with what we mean and what we don't mean by worship service. So if you have listened to us at all, you know we both grew up in um, evangelical, Pentecostal evangelical churches, Uh, and so worship service referred to... The music part during a standard gathering, and that could be a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, or revival meetings, but worship always meant the music part.
1: Yeah, or uh, like there were later on uh, as, you know, if you went to a really um, forward-thinking church, you know their their expression would be anything that was artistic, right? Like so that would be people painting a- at yeah. the altar or you know tambourines things. with well, streamers. There was, was
0: there were some moments of those. Yeah, yeah.
1: And that was what was defined as worship. And most people, when you say worship, that is the picture that they get in their head. Maybe yep. not the tambourines, hopefully not. But and like maybe. We're not hating um, tambourines.
0: I am. I think okay, I am. Well, so, our apologies um, to the tambourine worship leaders out there.
1: But but when we say worship, I don't know that that all encompasses what we're... Go ahead.
0: It does not. I was going to add one other. So that is how we were raised, to use the term. There's another sort of worship service can be a catch-all for any form, I think, especially once you zoom out of the evangelical movement and look even more to a slightly more um, church-friendly but secular interpretation, worship service um, or worship becomes any any sort of form of faith service, right? So it becomes the catch-all for what we would call church service. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's actually a little closer to the... To the accurate definition, um, as, at least if you attach the whole service idea to it, um, but just to get that out of the way. So we are going to go ahead and acknowledge those things. And then we're going to just say, let's talk about what worship means. Let's not worry so much about the service part of it. And let's figure out maybe why the idea of Corporate worship, which is what our friends were expressing that they missed. They actually said things like, um, Well, I miss in the midst of worship being able to look around and see other people engaging Mm. in that. Like, that was one of the things that they were able to articulate that they missed about a corporate gathering.
1: I Um, get distracted in worship when looking around because I always see like the one guy that's singing out of tune but has like, really like to sing really loud during worship and yeah. then is he's like, actually
0: worshiping instead of judging the people around him is that what we're
1: saying i don't know if i'd go that far because that sounds <laughs> like but yeah so
0: oh and maybe we should clarify a little bit of our backgrounds in worship oh yeah probably. do you want to do that
1: um well i'm a
0: little thirsty so yeah
1: so i you know like shauna said we grew up in a church of um pentecostal Evangelical churches um, i I was on worship team to some extent, you know, I played drums or I would play guitar or sometimes I would sing if they were really desperate you know um we carry a tune very nicely <laughs> oh thanks uh but Or, you know, and so, like, worship was always a part of everything that we did. Now, my family was not super musical, so we didn't probably do what your family did, um, which is, you know, walk around singing worship music all the time and and whatnot. But that was, I mean, worship was very much a part of what we did. And I especially, later on in high school, um, I moved to a really small town and went to a very small church and the entire youth group which was like 6 of or 7 of us um in this tiny little town of a, of them like 5 of them were incredibly musical as a matter of fact went to college on music degrees and are now
0: worship pastors right yeah. so of, so sizable churches
1: like yeah. th- the idea of worship and music and in in the in the corporate environment that that side of worship was over, like very much emphasized in what we did. Right. And it was a very important part of what we did. Um, so that, that's a, at least from my standpoint, that was a big piece of what we did.
0: And for me, um, I, you know, I don't think we've had the, um, masculine feminine in the church conversation yet. That might be a great one to do soon. Um, but I, my, I frame my story with worship this way. Um, I, sort of a natural leader. I have that kind of classic personality for leadership. Um but I'm a girl and that that you know in the 80s and 90s was a little bit of a hiccup. Um not necessarily an out and out problem in our church, but it but, but they it was a it was a it, bit of a hiccup.
1: It was more of they put you into a box based off of it. Yeah,
0: and so what happened is I had this awesome youth pastor who saw leadership potential, saw um growth potential in me. And um, the way that that was allowed to be expressed was on the worship team. And thankfully I sang just well enough and I had pretty decent stage presence that they could stick me on the worship team. Um, And so I did that through junior high, through high school. Um, He was a phenomenal uh, musician. And so uh, he managed to get us touring around the state a little bit as a worship leader and as a worship band. So for me, the idea of leading worship and having that linked to music uh, was really, it was part of my identity all the way through the first couple of years of college when you and I were dating. Um, It was a huge piece of how I saw myself and um, sort of how I wanted to be seen by the world around me. So uh, spoiler alert, I don't lead worship anymore. It's been... How old are the kids, right? So it's been maybe 13 or 14 years, 13 years since I've been on a worship team and been on a stage as like sort of in that musician role. Um, but one of the really cool things I learned from that, uh, youth pastor, because he was trained as a pastor first and then sort of music to him was always the slightly second thing, uh. And I appreciate what he brought to that, because my training and my experience and, and the, the mentorship that was provided through junior high and high school was solidly in the worship does not equal music, and being a worship leader does not mean that you are the best well, in the case of girls, the best pianist or the best singer um, on, on the, in the church or on the stage. He taught me. To lead worship means to be pastoral. It is it is a it is first leadership, second worship, and that worship as the music, you know, under the the banner of music, um, was a tool to help people engage with God, and I. I don't – I've never told him thank you now that I'm saying this. I should probably – thankfully we're connected on Facebook, the old people's, you know, favorite connection point. I should probably tell him that. Or maybe just send him this episode because I have brought that with me um, through everything that we've ever led. And and
1: like we're going to discuss, like it's so forward thinking of him to acknowledge and understand. Yeah, yeah. That that's what worship is because I know yeah. I know of a lot of people. I mean, we we've been in churches. I mean, you um, you know, you go into to most modern decent-sized churches now, and um we, we've had this experience with like your family coming over from Denmark, yeah, and they will come over and they will go to our church and they're like, It's like going to a rock concert, you know, yeah. like you have these amazing art artists up there and these amazing, you know. Guitarist and the lights and yeah. the things are going on, and it, and so it's really easy to get caught up in the emotional yeah. feelings of it. Yeah. And so they really enjoy it. They're like, This is super cool. We see why you go to church. Yeah. And,
0: and there is an emotional component, right? Mm-hmm.
1: But, um, but I think because of that facade that's been there for so many people, that we've, we, a lot of people feel like, you know even senior pastors i think a lot of times go we need to have the best of the best of the best in front of people mm-hmm. because what leads to good worship is great artistry yeah um and maybe that's not true and so
0: <laughs> well maybe it is and maybe it isn't right and yeah. so i my personal frame of reference i have no biblical backing for this i probably don't even have the credentials to be worth saying this so Take it with a grain of salt. I believe that the musicians should be good enough that I don't notice them.
1: Hmm.
0: And and, I've always thought that too. It's like sometimes means that they are the most gifted musicians that our community has to offer. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it means that they're the most gifted at blending with the others, or they're the most gifted. They are good enough that they're not needing to lead the read the lead sheet and and get distracted, they can just follow what's happening. So you have to be quite practiced to accomplish that. Um, it's
1: like a studio musician, right? Like the studio musicians are probably the absolute best people yeah. out there. But their job actually isn't to show off their incredible talent. Right. It is to make the person that is the cover artist, if you will, yeah. be seen.
0: And um, that's a perfect transition to the way we're going to define worship Yeah. today. Uh, so worship is first and foremost an expression of the priority we place on God. That is throughout the biblical narrative. It, it, And just so you know, worship, the, the concept of worship and the, the role of worship doesn't actually change from, from page one to the end. Worship is an expression of the priority we place on God. It is... An acknowledgement of God's deity, supremacy, omnipotence, worthiness, um weight, mm-hmm. um, glory. So you know glory, well, we both like Dr. Mackey, so right, glory um is the idea of the of weight, right? And it's um, I believe the word is kadosh. So it literally can mean like you're. Your heaviness. And so it is an acknowledgement of that. And the role of worship is, I believe, it's first a response to our awareness of our sin and our need.
1: Hmm. I like that. I'm sorry, I'm thinking. I'm not like. You
0: get to think. Um,
1: yeah, I think that what I love about that is that. It, it does not it, – it allows worship to exist outside of music. Mm-hmm. And it actually puts a lot of weight back on to, well, what what is worship even in the midst of music, right? Like yeah. are you – while you are singing this uplifting song or doing this thing that everybody else in the room is doing – are you doing that that idea of are you really putting God in the place and and positioning him in front of you and and above you the way that you should be in terms of, like, are are you acknowledging that in different areas of your life? And then it makes me think of, because, like, I I used to, um, again, we came from a very Pentecostal background. We came from a very um, charismatic background expression Mm -hmm. of, um, worship. Yep. And I remember always feeling like, um, I'm not, I'm not outwardly expressive. I, my,
0: Y'all are laughing (laughs) because there's been several times in our marriage where he has gotten some, like, I've gone out of my way to give him just some phenomenal gift. And he just, like smiles and goes, thanks. I'm like, wow, that's it? Or like when our kids were born, now you are more emotional than I am, um, which I love. So when our kids were born, you know, you were like, oh, or I tell you, we're going to, we're pregnant, you go, oh, that's great. Wow. (laughs) So you're, you're right. You're not very expressive. I'm not, well, that's all I'm saying. It's Your like, feelings are deep, and you're good at feelings, it's but true. you're not very expressive.
1: I mean, I remember, like, so I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. When the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, oh,
0: well, I stood up and,
1: like, went, woo! Like, like this. and You L-
0: screamed and jumped around.
1: I, but but that's about as expressive as I've ever gotten. And that's our our true. middle daughter took a picture of it and was like, "My, I guess he's excited, because, like, it doesn't ever happen like no. that. So, um
0: I mean, in fairness, babies are born every day and the Chiefs only win every once every fifty years. Apparently. So it was probably the appropriate time. That's true.
1: <laughs> but but I think that like I used to always sit there and I would have you would have people speaking about worship time and saying, like, you need to you know, like, you should be overjoyed and jumping up and down the same way you do in a football game. And I was like,
0: But I don't but I don't, but
1: I don't feel that way. Yeah. And I'm very contemplative, I guess, when I do contemplative? worship. Contemplative? No, I'm contemplative. Oh. I say it however I want. Yes, you. I put do. The emphasis on the wrong syllable. I don't care. I shouldn't so.
0: said anything. My apologies.
1: <laughs> so, um, but I like to. I'm. I, I like to think through things. And I remember even in worship times, uh, I'd be thinking about something, and I would. I would be kind of almost overwhelmed with. Um, an emotion, and sit down during it, and mm. feel like I was doing the wrong thing yeah. within worship. Yeah. Like I was doing and acting out because because true worship was excitement. It was mm. it was you know this, but but if if as we're talking about worship, if it's not actually that, if it's actually this idea of putting God in and acknowledging and expressing mm-hmm. God's position and placement within within your life or within yeah. an area of your life, yeah. then it really is quite different than, than what... It doesn't mean those things are wrong. It doesn't mean that those yeah. things are inappropriate. It just means that they're not always the only way that it happens.
0: Totally. Well, worship, I mean, worship absolutely can be singing. The Bible is full. There's an entire book dedicated to it, right? Um, but worship can also be giving. And certainly pastors love to say that, right? Let's worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings. Um, we are not opposed to to the idea of tithing, but but it can also be a matter of giving of who you are or your talents, or just giving to your neighbors, that can be an act of worship because you're saying, this belongs to me. My time belongs to me. My lawnmower belongs to me. My bread flour belongs to me. And I'm choosing to say, but first and foremost, God runs things. And so I'm going to choose to give these things that I would like to say are mine, mine, mine to someone else and can be a deep sign of worship.
1: And I think there's oh. beauty in the idea of a song um helping us express that yeah. and reminding us so like i'm yeah, not I, I don't th- I just want to be very clear that we're not saying that that corporate music worship is wrong in no, any way, shape it. or form it's yeah. but it's one of the acts of worship yep. as a and 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 well, just
0: like you said,
1: inappropriately
0: it can be a moment of sitting in silence, and that can be in the midst of a corporate music experience, but um very often uh at least personally um a lot of my worship moments happen in the midst of runs because my be- no because <laughs> no my, i'm laughing because that never happens to me <laughs> well my body is occupied i run like my my brain spin it's a little bit of like a hamster on a wheel um and probably after drinking red bull i, I don't like energy drinks because my brain runs fast enough without it. And so when I go for a run, it makes my brain quiet. Mm. And um, sometimes I listen to music, but sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just let the noise be the noise that, that's around me. And in those moments, I, it, they feel deeply worshipful because i I become just sort of this... It comes into this crystal clear awareness of who's in charge. of what's going on. Like all I'm doing is breathing and taking steps. And actually that's really just true across the board. All I'm doing in life is breathing and taking steps. And I can be doing that in alignment with God because he's in charge, because I have chosen to let him be in charge. Or I can be breathing and taking steps and I can be trying to do that by myself. And probably end up in the wrong place, and so for me, on runs, there is this this quiet acknowledgement, this idea of silence that um I don't sit still well, and it's a discipline that i should that I need to practice and begin developing, but on a run, it's the, it I can do it for quite a long time where my heart and my mind and my you know everything is sort of just still and silent because my body is busy making up the difference um that's cool, yeah. And that, I mean, that is actually the other thing that worship is, right? So first it's this shifting of, of acknowledgement of who's in charge, right? It's the shifting from self-ownership or self-centeredness to God-centeredness. That's your C.S. Lewis, I love that your C.S. Lewis favorite Lewis quote. quote, right? The essence of sin is a shift from
1: God-centeredness to self-centeredness. Yep. I had that up in my office for a really long time just because it was a great reminder of um, not only who is in charge, yeah. but what happens when you don't prioritize who is in yeah. charge.
0: And so worship then um, becomes the discipline that helps us come back to that. So every time you looked, I would argue that every time you looked at that C.S. Lewis quote, and you didn't just it, you didn't just notice it, but you right. took that moment, you took the deep breath that went with it, and went okay, Lord, you actually are in charge of this job. You're in charge of my family. I'm I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do my best. But at the end of the day, this isn't about me. That was a worship moment because worship is also a discipline.
1: And that's something that um, I know that we, even when I was in high school, they tried to teach that. I remember it. I, I remember it really well. Um, we would... you you know, you go to a small church, maybe you didn't have you had, you know, Oregon lady you know, organ lady that would play on the (laughs) organ. Not Oregon. Oregon. As in the state. That one's on fire right now. But like for (laughs) organ, pray for Oregon. But the organ lady, you know, playing her then you know, and singing hymns, and then you would go to like church camp, which for us was like the best music, the most amazing worship, you know, everybody's jumping around. It was like a, it really was like going to a rock concert. And I remember the last day you would always have whoever was there say, listen, we know you're going back home to your church and you're going to be going back to your normal church, you worship, and you're not going to maybe have the great band, but you can still, you know, worship God in the same way. You can still get excited. And I was like, I'm not jumping up and down to um." you know bertha's organ playing and like it's just not going to happen so but what i think that they were trying to express is the idea that pressing into god and and this this transactional attitude of of this isn't mine yeah like this is not i am not in charge yeah is is a discipline and it sits outside of the act that you are doing. And sometimes yeah. the act helps you get into that place. Totally. But that place is what you're seeking, not the act. And I think we, we miss that sometimes. Yeah. We think the act will get us there. When really the act of worship, whatever that yeah. looks like, is, is, is just kind of a spark, you will. Yeah. This starts the fire. Well,
0: and worship is a discipline. Remember, I mean, we can go back to a couple of those things that we mentioned that worship can, of course, be singing or playing an instrument, but worship can also be giving. It can be sitting in silence. It can be an acknowledgement. Um, worship can be um worship can be fasting, worship can be many things. Whatever it is that's that's shifting your allegiance from self-allegiance um to God-centered allegiance is an act of worship. Per our definition for this discussion, and so when we begin to use worship as this way to shift alle- allegiance or our alliance um, to the things of Christ, to the kingdom as Jesus talks about it, then it becomes a discipline because it's this thing that changes who we are little by little. We go back to my my favorite analogy, that proximity thing. Worship, are, is at at its you know distilled down to its most basic form. It's every step we take that takes us one step further away from just completely un, unhuman, you know, unhuman, fully self-centered behavior, one step closer to being actually human and, and like Jesus. The image-bearing creation we're meant to be. Worship is taking those steps little by little, um, but they are sometimes very, very tiny, Mm. And so in um, Ephesians 5, Paul is um, talking, of course, to the church at Ephesus. Um, so appreciate the names of the letters. It makes it really easy. Um, and so in the beginning of the, the chapter, there's sort of this list of, of these sinful and harmful actions. And Paul is challenging the church, charging them, you know, getting on them a little bit about all these things. And then at the end of verse 18, he says, but be filled with the Spirit. And then addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. He's telling them, use worship as discipline. This is an expression of what, how do Christians behave? How do we as a church, what does it look like to be image bearers? Well, image bearers are those who give thanks to everything, to God the Father in the name of Jesus, and they submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. Oh my gosh, this is a church of mixed Jew and Greek and power structure. We're in, a, we're in a, you know...
1: Very transitional time in the church. Oh <laughs> in gosh, right?
0: Like, I mean, we're talking about... He's telling high-powered, wealthy people to go ahead and submit themselves in Christian brotherhood to slaves. He's telling men and women that they're equal. Like, this is not a tame statement, but it is a statement of we as image bearers of Christ, we as the church we behave in this way by the spirit which is what you know moves us towards you know moves us right. on that proximity scale tells us to the mechanism we use to behave more like what we're supposed to be is psalms and hymns spiritual songs engage in worship as the as this discipline to get you to where you're going and that's really where and, that i Oh,
1: sorry. And so so worship becomes the great equalizer, right? Like, it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, which is why I think that the church adopted the idea of corporate worship in every time they gather.
0: I mean, the first century church did it. Yeah. Yeah. And and the reason they I think they did
1: that was because while sitting there in silence could do that, when you're all singing... And acknowledging yeah. someone else that's yeah. not yourself, and when you're all sitting there and and pointing towards a yeah. common place, you don't see race, ethnicity, uh, uh, you know, sex, um, you know, like you don't see yeah. any of those things. You only are all focused on one thing, which is the beauty of what true, beautiful, unified yeah. worship is.
0: Absolutely. And so it is, that brings us back to the story we started with when we were talking to our friends and they were saying, you know, we really, of all the things we miss, we love the sermons, but we can listen to the sermons like they're a podcast or we can stream them later and the content is just as Or good. we
1: can replace our weekly thing with the bread and cup. Just oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't.
0: Please don't. This is supplementary <laughs> only. Um, But but w- they were articulating something that's really biblical, the idea that when we worship together, like literally when we do this together, and that they we couched it under the term of corporate music service right. and corporate prayer they They articulated yeah. that part of it, but it's also um corporate serve experiences um or corporate giving, right like i mean we've we've done that with um a group of our friends, when we were all in a small group together, we went and we we did an activity together. that was the same. We weren't thinking about ourselves or how we were different or how we were the same. We were thinking about we have a shared common goal, which is to finish this project together and that is that's the second piece of discipleship discipleship is is the process of modeling ourselves after christ but but we need we need our pastors and our leaders and our teachers and our friends and our mentors to help us get there. Right. right. It's that, um, and so when we worship together, um, we're participating in that shared and unifying experience.
1: Yeah. Um, so, um, I'm going to read Colossians three sixteen cause it talks a little bit about this. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. Um, and that's essentially what you're saying, right? Yeah. Like this is the, when we talk about discipleship, when we talk about community, this is what we're talking about as this all comes together, where we, um, we, we spend this time together all focused on one thing and we direct each other and we we focus one another yep on the same thing right it's like it reminds me a lot of um getting a group together and watching a movie and we think of that as like a um it's an event that we did together. Like we walk away and we go, oh, isn't that great that we all yeah. watched a movie together? Yeah. And we go, well, why can't we just go home and watch the movie on Netflix separately? Right. Sure. Like, why? Why wouldn't that be the well, same right now, thing? Now that's all we do. Well, that yeah. is all that happens now. But like, why? Why is there something about coming together? Yeah. And watching it in in community together. Yeah. There's, but there is something about Absolute. that, right. Well, it's
0: hearing. It's hearing people laugh at the same jokes. or say, And then it becomes a touch point, right? Like, okay, so we've talked about our age plenty. So way back in high school, there was a friend who would, quote, constantly um, Tommy Boy, and I hadn't seen the movie. So there was this shared experience in this group of friends, and when he found out I hadn't seen the movie, it was like, this is unacceptable. You must watch Tommy Boy.
1: I mean, it is kind of sad that you hadn't, though. I mean, to be well, honest, you had gone to college. You didn't...
0: I hadn't gone to college yet. We were still in high school, so it was okay. Okay. Yeah. Still. And so he owned it on VHS. Very kindly let me watch Tommy Boy. Um, but what happened with that, you're right, shared movie experience, Right but it wasn't just the shared movie experience it was suddenly now there was context to these little comments right. so when you know when i would trip up on my words oh did i catch a did i catch a niner in there and that's all he'd have to say and suddenly not only was i enjoying the joke and we were having fun but but the our whole friendship circle suddenly understood and then certainly you and i have seen that plenty of times so then that joke was able to spill over into other things and so worship becomes um, especially because songs are so memorable, but right. any form of refrain uh, we did the um, uh, God is good and then the response is all the time all the time God is good yeah I mean we can still do it that's from the mid 90s but those touch those are touch points where it it demonstrates We as a community, we believe these things, and this is how we remind ourselves of that.
1: Yeah, shared activity creates culture, right? And so, and that includes the church community, and that includes the 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 worship community, if you will, of um, why it's so important to come together. And I think that the problem is, is we are in in a state where like. Coming together isn't always th- possible, yeah. But but there still is an opportunity for us to have um, shared worship together, yeah. and I think that um, I think about friends of ours. Like even if you're not musical, what like think for yourself. What are things that you can do that will um. Focus your your the people that you are with on God together so that you mm-hmm. again have a shared experience of you all going but not us but him yeah. right and 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 how do we point people towards that right yeah and so whatever that looks like, maybe it's just a simple prayer before for dinner with your family or yeah. maybe it's um uh, just on a on a Zoom call, or or when you're you are gathered with friends, just acknowledging, um, his presence or yeah. his in handing things over, yeah, together, yep, and mm-hmm. sharing that experience and how how that will grow you together, but that will also grow you closer to him.
0: Yeah, one of the things I love there's um a there's this group of women from my church, and we've sort of I think we came together mostly under the banner of like planning a women's conference, Um, but we sort of all have a group thread growing. And every once in a while, someone will throw into that group thread, this song has been on repeat. And then a bunch of us will know it and a bunch of us won't, and we'll grab it. And this group of women will know we're all kind of listening to the same worship song Mm. on repeat for that week or when we're praying for each other. And so then that becomes... Right. It becomes a de facto shared worship experience. And no, we're not all together, all listening to it at the same time, all singing along. But but every time, there's a few songs for me that that were so tied to various events that, that we did with those women, that every time I hear that song now, not only is, am I reminded of who God is in my life and what it means for me to behave as a human... Um, seeking him, but I'm reminded of of what we shared, the things we prayed over each other. I'm reminded of a need one of them has. And so it becomes this, um, our church uses the term disciples who make disciples. That's our touch point. Um, and we say it ad nauseum n- nearly. But those those moments become disciples who make disciples. I am a disciple of that program. That They are teaching me and honing me um, to be more like Christ, reminding me who God says I am. And then when I hear those songs, I'm reminded, oh, but I'm also helping them. Let me pray for whatever their need is or reach out in text. Um, And I really love that. I love that about there's so many ways that we can go about what worship looks like when we remember that worship is acknowledging who God is. In any of the ways that we can do that, less of us, more of him, um, and that we can do it. So I've been talking a long time, but I I wanted to share this thing about Hebrews. Do you want to read it instead?
1: No, but before you share it, I want to say like what I love about this is to me, this is freeing Mm. to what worship, what is expected of me during Mm. worship. And I'm not just talking about like during singing time, but it's freeing to go, Sometimes I, I struggle with what to focus on during worship. Yeah. Like sometimes I do kind of lose focus and go look at the sure. guy over there that's singing out of tune and it's funny, right? Yeah. And we all do. Um, or sometimes I'm paying attention to the drummer and whether or not he's doing a good job or whether or not Our drummers is, always. They do. Shout yes. out
0: to Mitch Lund. woo
1: Yeah. But like I, but I, I get stuck on thinking about things. And to oh, me this Jeremiah. is- I Yes. Break.
0: We was, know he listens. He's a great drummer. Sorry. Yes,
1: yeah, almost got in trouble. But um,
0: I did almost get in trouble.
1: But you know, like for me, I, I I struggle to like, what do I do? What What does worship mean? And knowing that worship is this idea of focus, yeah. is and and acknowledgement mm-hmm. is really freeing to what it is expected of me? Not just mm-hmm. where my mind will go, but what, what should I be doing? Mm-hmm. Um, should I be focusing on being the best singer or not singing out of tune because sometimes my, my, my voice gets out of whack or should I be focusing on, um, on something else? Yeah. So,
0: I find when, um, when I start thinking too much about how I sound singing, uh, that's usually when I stop singing mm. and I worship in silence. And I just listen to the beauty of what it sounds like to have, you know, in our church, there's hundreds of people in the sanctuary at a time when we get to be together. It's just a lot of voices. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, and that really reminds me, um, I am no less valuable or loved, um, but nor is it about me. Yeah. It's certainly not all on me. Yeah. Um, and so that worship of silence is really. Um, so to wrap this up with, uh, with Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews, very much like what we heard Paul doing um, when writing to the Ephesians, uh, the writer of Hebrews spends most of chapter 10 sort of proving Jesus' sacrifice and sort of the resulting assurance of our faith. So it's just this very like, and this is why, and this is what he did, and this is why. And then the writer um gets to the second half of verse 23 in chapter 10 and said us let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful so that's how do people behave how does our group behave we hold fast to this hope and then 24 let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works Twenty-five, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So that's Hebrews ten, twenty-three B through twenty-five, and it, this is not in our minds um, some sort of biblical validation of um, of ignoring the governor's mandates to meet. Um, this is a don't think that worship happens only by yourself. Worship is first and foremost about you setting yourself aside to acknowledge God's glory, weight, um and position. And so you while you can worship alone as I do when I'm running or you do in the mornings um you know before everyone else is up that that worship is first about us setting ourselves aside. And so it it does happen in this corporate structure of acknowledging who Christ is personally but then also acknowledging we as though we as the church this is what we do this right. is how we do it
1: and like you said it's a discipline yeah and it's a it, there's an intention behind it yep um and it's not just a thing that happens because what's what we're supposed to do at the beginning of every time we get together. Yeah. It, it's about like you said, it's about that focal point. Like, yeah. let's let's be intentional to turn our focus the right direction and yeah. kind of set our our compass in the right path, if you will.
0: Yeah. So a great conversation. If you want to join this conversation, if you have thoughts or ideas, you can always find us on Instagram at Bread and Cut Podcast. It's the same on Facebook at Bread and Cut Podcast. Or, of course, you can find us on our website at breadandcuppodcast.com. To join the conversation, like and subscribe, then find us on Instagram at Bread and Cut Podcast. You can also find us at our website and other social platforms linked in the show notes.